Blog Talk Radio. He was up each morning with the dawn because he knew his daily run was long and hard and he had to be ready to get his freight train down the track determination he would never lack a little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy. Hi everyone, welcome to Getting On Top. I'm your host Paul Morris. We're here Wednesdays from 4 to 4.30 p.m. We broadcast from the southern Hudson Valley region of New York State. You out of town is that's just the northern suburbs of New York City, my hometown. And uh, we do have a call-in number if someone has a question or comment for me and my guest, and that number is one three four seven two one five nine four five six. And that little ditty was called Freight Train Freddy. It's uh from the book Freight of the same name, Freight Train Freddy that I wrote. It's a rhyming children's story about a nineteenth century uh freight train going to its daily run in the old west. And the person who sang and wrote the song was Peter Tazone was also the illustrator, and he, he, he draws some really gorgeous uh, pictures. If someone would like to see some of those pictures and read some of the rhyming verse, you can go to ftfcreations.com. That's FTF as in Freight Train Freddy. Creations.com, you can buy it there uh, for the Kindle or Apple iPad, an ebook for two ninety nine, and the iPad also has the uh, complete song on it. And you could buy the soft cover version as well. You could order it from the website. <clears throat> Today, I'm very pleased to have with us Kathy D'Agostino. We're going to be talking about how to get comfortable with sales and grow your business. Kathy is a business coach, core values index trainer, and workshop facilitator. Prior to consult, uh, coaching and consulting, Kathy held various positions in business development and sales for several Fortune 500 media companies, which she coached, mentored, and trained sales teams. She has over 20 years' experience providing leadership strategies for organizations, teams, and small businesses. You can find out more about Kathy by going to www.winadbusinesscoaching.com. That's winadbusinesscoaching.com. Hi, Kathy. How are you today? Hi, Paul. Fine, thank you. And you? Excellent. Yeah, we're uh, we're in August, and a few a uh, few more weeks, the kids go back to school. <laughs> My grandchildren. That's for sure. Yep, I'm sure uh, they're not so anxious about that, but some parents are. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure they're happy. So, um, I know you're giving. Uh, we're not going to go into it now. You can tell people a little about it later. You're going to be. Uh, uh, co-facilitating a course uh, in September with Paula Caracapa about how to help small businesses uh, get you know get going. Today we're going to concentrate just on the sales aspect, and that's one of the uh, one of the things that's very strong in my background, sales and training. And um, so you know, I just want to just to make an opening uh, comment about this. 
from my own perspective and experience. I was lucky when I went into business because I had professional sales training experience, and I got a partner who was the person who actually was a trainer and did did that part. So I did the training uh, sales. He did the training. Well, most companies are one person shops, and they got to do it all themselves, and that certainly presents a challenge. And training is something you, you know. If you want to learn it right, you need to study a little bit and learn the basics of it. But once you do, it makes things a lot easier, and it could really help your business tremendously. It could double, even triple your business if you just learn a few basic uh, concepts. So, you know, what what would you say? Uh, you know, is a good opening uh, tip or idea for uh, people, you know, who have small businesses and looking to grow it. You know, doing more sales or better sales. You know, Paul, that's absolutely so true. You know, it's um, there's so many moving parts in a small business, and, you know, we're not the large corporations where we, we can outsource everything, and uh, we have to do uh, a lot of my clients and solo practitioners have to do everything themselves. So I think some of the things are really looking at the sales process and breaking it down um, a little bit um, differently and into steps. And so probably the first thing I would say is, looking at it from a perspective of, you know, we there's three different parts to this, and that is, like, one, we have to find the customers. So that we do on our own, usually, if we're solo practitioners. And that can bring up some anxiety for people. The second one is actually the process of persuading somebody to take an action. So that's the sales process itself. And then the third part is really looking at it from closing the sale. So those are the three ways I like to break it down to initially look at sales. Um, And I know it creates some anxiety around that, different parts for different people, but that's really the way I start breaking it down with clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm writing about sales training, and I do sales training myself. Uh, There are usually basically three parts to it, making the appointment, making a presentation and closing the sale. But in small businesses, especially if it's, uh, you know, if you're a therapist or do, uh, you know, those those kinds of uh, holistic, uh, have holistic practice, I mean, it's, you know, once you make the appointment, that's it. You know, there's no presentation and so on. So you have to basically learn, as you said, to close what you're closing really is the appointment. And, you know, that's the whole thing. There's no there's no making a presentation and then closing the sale involved. But you can learn a few things about, you know, just making the appointment, how how to uh, listen for key things from get them Hello? to say, okay, I'll make that appointment. I'm... I'm sorry, Paul, I'm cutting out. I'm hearing you cut out a little bit. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, so I miss I missed a word or two there. Okay. Well, um, the bottom line, the bottom I'll just I'll just recap. The bottom line is for small, you know, for small businesses where you don't have to make a elaborate presentation as part of sale, you're basically when you make the appointment. And so I would recommend to people to understand 
you know, closing signals. In other words, when you're talking to somebody, they may say something that indicates they're interested. And uh, a salesperson knows once the prospect sounds interested, what you should do is try to just make the appointment ended, in other words, say, okay, why don't we get together uh, Tuesday or Thursday or what's your calendar look like and so on, rather than to talk on and on or to talk beyond the point where the person who's on the other end is ready to go forward. Once you know it's called closing signals, once you sense that the person is interested, try to get them to send an appointment because you can only talk your way out of it if you go beyond that. With people <laughs> That's true. That's who, what happened. <laughs> That's happened. That's happened a few times uh, for myself and, well, and sure. I've seen myself people do it for sure. Yeah. So, well, sure. Um, so relative, they have to learn that. Yeah. That's one tip. Go ahead. Right. I'll let, I just want to finish. No, I'm going to say, really, you know, I, so I call it always looking for the yeses or always the ABCs of always be closing. Um, so right. I think, you know, we're looking for the client to say yes. And, and when we get those signals, and you're so right about the signals. So some of those ways that I've done it for myself and helped other um, salespeople and my clients do it is really – um, ask questions where I can get the yes. Um, so, you know, I might, that's what I'm always looking for is to hear the client say yes. But I think there's a little bit of a technique and a strategy for doing that. So, for example, I might start out by saying, is it okay if I ask you a few questions? And so that's yes number one. So we start out trying to get the client to say yes for the easy questions so that when we get to the um, close, whether it's closing get the, to get the appointment or closing to get the sale, that we've already gotten several yeses. So we're always laying those breadcrumbs and those steps to get those yes, early yeses very easily. And then by the time the close comes, um, it's just the big yes is much easier to get. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Part of the... Yeah, I don't know if I have static on my line or if I'm um can you hear me? I don't know. I hear you perfectly. You can, yeah, I keep getting I static on this line and I ha yeah. Are I you on line, a so cell phone or are you on a No, I'm on a landline. No, that's yeah, that's why I'm okay. so surprised. I, I okay. guess it's just just your phone. Actually we have a caller. Uh are you ready to take okay. a caller? We'll see if sure. they're just listening. They might be just listening or they're actually interested in uh asking a question. Hold on, please. Sure. Caller from 312 Area Code, are you just listening or you have a question to ask me and my guys? Hello? I guess they're just listening. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm muted them so we don't get any okay. background sound. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. And 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 the, the thing is, though, even though what you said makes sense and, you know, been in sales a while and, and I have too – uh, of course, as you very well know, and we spoke about this uh, previously, attitude on the part of the business person towards selling is very, very important. And many of them, and I know I've spoke to many people uh, when I had my training business, uh, are very uncomfortable. And I see that when I work with other uh, practitioners in the healing uh, area emotional healing area, 
they're very uncomfortable with selling. It's it, it has a negative connotation to them, and really you have to overcome that because if you believe in what you're offering to people, then selling them is just helping them see what you have and see how it's going to help them. And the better you do that, the easier it is for them to be helped by what you have. So instead of looking at it negatively, look at it way Yes, that's that's so true. We call that mindset. Yeah, they don't, they don't want, you know. And people think that's not going to happen. But at it, the better, the easier it is for you. The more comfortable they are. It, it's very important to have a positive attitude and not a negative one because if you do, it's going to make you uncomfortable. When you're uncomfortable, the person you're talking to is uncomfortable. Yes, so that's absolutely true. So if you have the objection in your mind to selling and that the word selling is yucky or it's, it means pushy, then you're absolutely right. That objection will, you know, the client will feel that, and you're right. They will just key right in on that objection. Yeah. Yeah, attitude is everything. And people pick up, uh, you know, I know from years in the training business that words are just 70 seven percent of communication and uh, the the rest of it is body language and tonality where, where they may not you know see your body language over the phone if you're going to be talking to them over the phone certainly your tonality comes through and that's a much bigger part of of your communication so yeah you know again if you believe in what you're doing there's no reason for you to be negative in any way because and i always very, very sincerely felt helping the person. I have to bring them along far enough to them to understand. I'm providing help them, in, and then you can make a proper decision. In fact, part of the place where you broke something like. You know, um, how much does it cost? Or, you know, these are closing questions. Or, you know, where are you? That, where is your office located? Right? Uh, you know, what's your availability in the next coming weeks? You know, questions like that that indicate their interest. But sometimes they don't even ask a question like that. They just, you know, you've given them enough information by your conversation that you quote earn the right to ask them you know, whether they want to move forward and make an appointment. And, uh, you know, that's also a positive attitude, and you're helping them. The biggest mistake I found among people selling who are not really good at selling is they wait for the prospect to close instead of them closing. It's more comfortable for them. But it's your job as the business person to close. You shouldn't make the prospect do it. First of all, it's not being very nice, actually. It's putting the burden on them, and it's your responsibility. And besides, you should be better at it. And, uh, you know, you, you might not get the sale if you wait for them because they may be more uncomfortable than you are. So, 
You know, don't be afraid to yeah, ask for uh, the yeah, meeting. That's so true, Paul. I've seen so many salespeople leave money on the table because they did all the right things up to that point, and then they're afraid to ask for that sale. They're just afraid mm-hmm. to ask the customer. And really, you know, if we put it back on the terms of what selling is, it really, by definition, is just offering something of value in exchange for money. And so when we think about it as coming from a place of service, then asking for the sale would only make sense so that we could provide that service for that client and help them solve a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and one of the other reasons why people are afraid to ask is they're afraid to get a no. And uh, they think that's the end, and it's far from the end. In fact, getting a no actually helps you in, this, in, in closing because it, it, it opens up an objection which you, which they might have in their mind and will allow you to overcome it. So if they say, well, I'm not quite sure, you know, I'm not quite sure uh, I want to do this, and you could say, and that gives you the opportunity to say, well, I, you know, I try to uh, cover as much as I could. Obviously, I didn't cover everything I needed to. So I see you have hesitation. Please tell me what it is you're not sure about. And that allows you to know it's on their mind. And the more they talk, the more you learn. So let them talk. Don't interrupt them. And uh, you'll find out what it is and become the objection. And you you have a very good answer. Then you might get the, you know, you might be able to get the appointment. If not, then you, you know, you just stop wasting your time. And yeah, you know, that's you know, really awesome because, yeah, sometimes, yeah, they're not our ideal client, but I love what you said about, um, you know, asking them what question <laughs> didn't I answer or what, you know, what didn't I um, provide for you. Because when you can get them to give you that information, you still have an opportunity to be able to resolve that problem or that question in their mind. Sometimes it's just no, not now, or no, I didn't get enough information. So that's actually really key. I love that you said that, Paul. Yeah, it, it it's all about, and and you know I touched on before, learning how to listen. The more they talk, the more they're going to tell you how, you you know you could sell them basically. And yeah. um, I mean, and you know the less you talk, people think the sales is just talking, but it's not. It's more listening, and listening properly, and and listening for key things that give you an indication of what they need. And, you know, when you hear someone talking about time, you know, let's say someone's saying, I don't have enough. Let's say what you're selling is efficiency and how, you know, how to make them do things more efficiently. And they start talking about how, you know, they don't have that much time for this and that. And that gives you an opening to tell them, well, if I can help you, I could show you how to do things more efficiently and you know that'll save you the time. That's a simple, simple example, yeah. but I think it makes the point. Oh, definitely, and I and I really really appreciate you sharing in your experience in terms of like you know asking questions and really you hit the nail on the head when you said listening, because so many times when I've been training my sales when I was training my sales team, the sales team would raise objections that the client hadn't thought of. 
And so then it became like, oh, I didn't think of that. <laughs> so by listening right. to what the client's, you know, objections are and answering their specific questions, you know, that really is keying in on what's relevant to that client because sometimes salespeople just start rattling off the benefits and features, benefits and features. Mm. And, you know, that client doesn't really care about that benefit and that feature. So we want to find out what benefit and feature or what are they really looking for? And so listening, and I love that you said that listening is really key. It's not about the talking. It's about the listening. Yeah, get them talking. And like you say, never assume anything. <laughs> you know, that, that's, the greatest, that's the greatest way for a salesperson to, or a business person to shoot themselves in the foot by assuming they know what the uh, the other person, you know, has a, wants, has a problem with. And the other person says, gee, I never thought of that. <laughs> exactly. Thanks for telling me. And so <laughs> with the listening really comes with more about asking questions than it is about yeah, providing yeah. answers. Because if sure. we rattle off, if we give answers or we think we're, we think we know, as you you just mentioned, we don't really know. By asking questions, and I and I mentioned at the beginning of our call, getting them to say the small yeses, and um, and that is really asking them questions because it really shows that you're interested in who they are and what their needs are. It's not that you're just trying to, you know, you've brought your set of tools and you're going to give them those tools whether they need them or not. Mm. Yeah, and don't be afraid to ask questions that seem a little uncomfortable because those are often the, the be, you know the most uh, useful questions to ask. For instance, you might, you know, let's say someone calls you and they say uh, somebody recommended you, you weren't sure if it was a good match, but you wanted to, you know, uh, chat a little and see if what you provided w- would be helpful for their, for them, you know, something like that. And, you know, asking questions like, well, why did you think I might be helpful? You know, it's not, a, it may sound a little rude, almost like challenging them or, you know, why did you give me a call? You know, what was it you were thinking about? But that's a key question, you know, because, it, 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 you know, it's an obvious question, but some people may feel, oh, uh, you know, it may sound a little rude to, to say something like that. But it's not. It's very, it's it's a little direct, but that's fine. Because after all, you're business people, you want to get to the bottom of it and see, in fact, if, you know, what you have is what they need. So asking questions of that mode, of that character, are actually a good way to conduct yourself. And the person will feel, actually, that you're very professional. They won't feel you're uh, rude. I mean, you're not being rude. You don't have anything in mind, you know, to be that way. You're just, you know, looking to get at the uh, core of things. So don't be afraid to ask those kinds of questions. Yeah, I call those clarifying questions, and you're so right. Being curious, you know, what was it that you know I can, you know, what was it that it, you know, piqued your interest about calling me? So being curious, yeah. I think, and really clarifying, getting those clarifying questions out there, is absolutely a sign of a professional salesperson because we want to make sure that we have a good match. That you know, the client understood what it is you know that you do, and then you understand what it is the client needs. So those kinds of clarifying questions saves time as you as you definitely mentioned and um really just helps us to get to the you know to the place where we can both make a decision whether or not this is going to be a good use of our time and do we have a service that's going to um be a match for your your problem is so that's a great point paul mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is, again, learning about selling. Read books, listen to tapes, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, go to sales uh, uh, conferences, go to sales training. In fact, you're, uh, uh, Kathy has one coming up in September. We're going to chat about that towards the end uh, a little bit, uh, you know, what it's where it's going to be and, you know, what they're going to be covering. But uh, it's... You know, it's not a natural thing. Don't feel bad because you're not a natural salesperson. I was the least natural salesperson. I was a technical person. I was a computer programmer, in fact. Sat in a corner, you know, and all that stuff. Uh, And I had to work very hard to overcome my shyness and and fear of selling. And I, but, But once I learned about it, the more I learned, the more confident I was. Because a lot of the fear is out of not knowing about it. Again, what if they say no? You know, you're not going to turn into stone. When you know what you're doing, no matter what they do, say no, say this, say that, whatever it may be, you always have a way to respond. That's what learning about sales is about. It teaches you how to respond. Nothing is the end of it. It's just, you know, it's just a different step and a different thing to deal with. But the more you learn about selling, the more comfortable you be, the more comfortable you are, the better you're going to be, and, and you know, less the afraid you're going to be. Most of the fear comes from not knowing about it. Uh, that's my uh, what I've seen. What's yeah, your, and that's uh, absolutely experience? true. Yeah, it's a lot of fear. You know, fear of rejection. If they, you know, if they don't want my product, then they're actually fearing that they're rejecting me. You know, so it's it's taking it per, you know, too personally. Um, so definitely, fear is a big thing. And I sort of equate sales sometimes almost to what the fear of public speaking. I mean, people would rather have root mm-hmm. canal than public speaking. Mm-hmm. And I think sales is right up there with it um, in terms Absolutely. of you know having that that. Fear of like, what if they say no? And what if right. they say no? And 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 what would be the worst of it? You know, sometimes I've said no to a client that my product's not for them. Um, mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's you know that's why if you really do um, that clarifying process that you were speaking about, asking questions and getting to the you know the bottom line, is that we really find out is it my ideal client? Because you don't want to sell a product to somebody that's not your ideal client. So sometimes it's qualifying on both parts. Um, you as the seller and the client as the purchaser or the you know the receiver of the uh, product, so that makes perfect sense. Absolutely, no question about it. Is there anything else you want to add? Uh, um, any other areas that, you want to cover? Yeah. I think really, I think we covered a lot of the key points. I, I think you, you definitely brought up. You can tell your experience, and you brought up a lot of valid. Um, you know things that I have on my that I've experienced as well. So I think, really, just sort of in recapping, I think if I were to say the three key points, it's like always focusing on the customer's needs. You know that's really key that you're looking at it from the customer standpoint, not you know your own view and your standpoint. It's not about you; it's really about the customer, and um, it's about providing um, help and, and service to a client to solve their problems. And then really trying to determine, do you have the best solution for them, and um, are they your ideal client? So we're looking mm-hmm. to get a yes on both sides of that. And when you do that, then you have a beautiful match. And sometimes it's sort of an organic process um, when you can really get all those objections and clarifying questions answered. And it just seems mm-hmm. like it's a natural – it just happens that way when you really 
set it in motion um, from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we concentrated mostly on, uh, you know, people who were uh, therapists and things like that. Uh, normally, you know, in a business, there oftentimes is a, uh, you know, a presentation or a meeting and presentation. We didn't really. So we covered more of the, uh, uh, you know, selling, it, you know, in 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 the sense of uh, somebody uh, somebody who has a, you know, is a counselor and things like that. Actually, now we have a call. It looks like this person definitely wants uh, to ask a question. Sure. Right, so hold on, because we're getting towards the end. It just means the live feed would end, but uh, the. The uh, conversation could go on for another 10 minutes or so. So let's see who's calling here. Uh, Caller, you have a question for me and my guest? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hello? for your guest. Um, she was talking about what you, the uh, idea Just of... give me your first... Hello, just the first name, please. Joe. Okay, Joe. What's your question? Uh, what's the ideal client? It depends oh, on what you're selling. Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah, we want to know okay. first. Yeah, so that's exactly it, Paul. So, what would your ideal client? You know, it's going to be different for every business and every business owner. So, what is your product that you that you that you have? I have no particular product. Just asking the question. Oh, okay. So, just in general. So, you want to make sure. I think pretty much what I was wrapping up at the end with is like the ideal client for you is someone who needs your product and will benefit from the services that you provide. And so when that client needs your product and you have the answer or the solution to them, that really is your ideal client. So you want to identify them by, you know, it might be geographically, like are they, if you, if you service somebody in person, is it somebody in your area? Is it an age group that you would service? So you would want to try to define your ideal client by age, if that's something specific to age. Um, if it's, you know, you help parents with young children, you want to make sure they have young children. Um, or if you're, you know, if you have, um, you work with women versus men. So you're really always trying to identify and really, you know, in the sales funnel, identify, are you targeting the decision maker? Is it the right client that you're serving? And, you know, what product is, is the product a good match for that person? And that's your ideal client. Mm-hmm. Well, so the other thing, if I may add, just mm-hmm. add a, a couple of things here. Part of the qualification is also money. Can the person uh, have the uh, budget or, you know, for, for to spend on what you're doing? A lot of times that's one of the hardest questions to ask, but it is it is important to know that. Basically, in sales, it's called qualifying the prospect. In other words, you don't mm-hmm, want to waste absolutely. your time either, you know, trying to sell somebody who doesn't either have the need or the budget mm-hmm. or the authority to, you know, to make a mm-hmm. decision. So you want to make sure that the person mm-hmm. is a person who could could afford, could d- decide to buy uh, your your product or service, and as Kathy said, you know, if it's something that has to be face to face, you know, is is in the uh, is in the vicinity, and so on and so forth. But um, you know, that's that's a general answer. Mm-hmm. So uh, how do you go about qualifying? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, how I'm do sorry? you go about qualifying this particular ideal client? Well, again, it depends on what you're selling. Uh, <laughs> You know, there's not. Do you it's do it in about, person? Do you do it through direct mail? Um, what, what particular type of modality would you use? 
Well, again, if it's it's not you could do it using any of those modalities. Mm-hmm. In other words, if you're doing direct mail, you want to know to whom you're sending the mail. So you have a mail service where you get the customer, the client base, or the database that people are. If you're selling to senior citizens, are 60 and older. Okay. If you're selling to women, are women, and so on and so forth. And you know, uh, you know, you're not going to be selling snow shovels to someone in Florida. Okay. So it's just a matter. If, if in all those cases, whether you're mailing, talking to them directly in person or on the phone or so on, you know, you have to find out again, basically, mm-hmm. are they the decision maker or can they get you to the decision maker? And then, you know, at a certain point, you have to find out if they have a budget that, Yeah, if they got the know, money in the budget. Okay, it seemed to me if, when if, I just if, first if, got here that um, your guest was talking about, or I think maybe yourself was talking about clarifying, um, with, uh, I'm asking clarifying questions. Is the the preference of either one of you to do it in person? Again, um, it depends on that. Yeah, I, what you're I think yeah, today yeah. the way it's everything so global, a lot of times it's Skype or it can be a Skype call. It can be something that's done over the phone for sure. It can be, you know, any number of things. It's so easy today to access people versus, you know, you before we had so limited uh, resources. So I think it really depends. Um, I think you can really reach a client pretty much anyway these days. Well, it also depends on on the nature of the thing you're selling. If I'm selling a $100,000 computer, I want to be face-to-face. I want to go to that person's location and see what they have and see, you know, I used to sell computer systems, what the, what their place looks like and get to know them and, and, and create a relationship. Or if I'm selling a service, paying me so much a month. I mean, if it's obviously if you're selling a low cost item, you can't afford to make visits. You don't have enough time to visit enough people to make enough money. So it depends on the nature of what you're selling, how you know how what it costs, and uh, also you know. So when you were selling it, computers, it has everything to do with what? Yeah, let me ask you this: When you were selling computers, sounds like you were going and doing cold calling face to face to try to round up prospects. Sometimes I call them on the phone to set up a meeting. I do a, I do a combination of all those things. Uh, yeah, okay. Why you ask? Well, I want to find out uh, from either one of you, from your opinions, what do you think would be the best uh, way to get a prospect? Well, it depends on what you're selling. So if you're selling you know, a high-ticket item, then um, yeah. you would recommend trying to find the uh, the decision maker by knocking on his door in person as opposed to calling on the to calling on the phone or sending out direct mail. I'll I'll, t- I'll tell you right now. Are you selling to companies or individuals? Yeah, companies. Mm-hmm. Okay. You use all the above. Okay? In other words, I call them and I and I leave a message and I also send an email. I call on them in person and I also call them on the phone. I do all the above in order to get in. You do, if you can't get in the window, you go through the door. If you can't get in the door, you go through the chimney. Okay, <clears throat> if you if you're just starting out selling to businesses, the two most important people in a business 
okay, are the decision maker, the actual person who makes the decision, and that person's secretary, not his or her assistant. The secretary knows that person very well. If you get friendly with the secretary, they can help you tremendously in getting a, a, an appointment with the individual. So you have to, you know, you have to learn. There's a lot to learn in sales. I mean, I learned this over a period of 30 years in reading many books and making many sales calls and in, in, in being in many sales training meetings and so on and so forth. Are you starting out in selling? No, I was just curious. I saw the show and I was listening to both. Okay. Of you. Well, is, is there an area that you have you feel you have a weakness in, or you're not quite sure about? Mm-mm. No, I was just curious. Okay. You won't tell us what you're selling? <laughs> I'm not selling anything. <laughs> oh, you just curious and I you just to like out. to know about this. Okay, you're interested. You're curious. Okay. Well, I hope we satisfied your uh, uh, answer to mm-hmm. your question. Okay. Thank you much. Bye-bye. Thank Thanks you, for Joe. Bye. Bye. Interesting. Um. Uh, Joe was very. Uh, I knew he, he wasn't answering very much my question. <laughs> there was well, I think it's a curiosity. Little... I think people are always fascinated with yeah, selling but... and 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 learning okay. about that. Okay, intellectual curiosity. Yes. <laughs> so, Basically. Um, yeah, but you can't so answer a question like, "What's the best way?" You know, it, there's no pat answer. It depends on. It depends on a lot of, you know, a million different uh, contingencies, what you're selling, where you're selling it, you know, on and what your budget is in the business, what you could afford, if you could afford mailings, you know, and so on and so forth. So, you know, there are many, many different answers depending on the circumstance. Anyway. Yes, definitely okay. not a one-size-fits-all. You're absolutely right, Paul. It's yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, you know, there are some generalities, but, you know, one-size-fits-all really isn't um, necessarily applicable in, in sales. Absolutely, as in, as in many other uh, endeavors. So since we're at the end, um, I just want to tell people, I was going to mention in the beginning, but it slipped my mind, uh, I just uh, I just created my new website, Okay. And uh, it's called Depressives Anonymous. Mm hmm. And D E P R E S S I V E S A N O N Y M O U S dot org. Depressives Anonymous dot org. And check it out. If anybody has depression and those people do and is concerned, please read it. You'll learn some things. I guarantee you didn't know before uh, about why uh, depression is hard to cure by the uh, psychological and medical community and many other interesting, I'm sure, uh, new uh, new ideas. So please check it out. And I want to uh, get, uh, Kathy, tell people how to contact you, and then you can mention, you know, that uh, program you're doing with Paul. Sure. So my email is Kathy, K-A-T-H-Y, at win, W-I-N-A-T, businesscoaching.com. So please feel free to reach out. Um, if you're interested in, you know, learning a little more about your own personal self, I have a values, a free core values assessment link on my website. You can check that out at www.winatbusinesscoaching.com. 
that's a fun thing to do. It's free, and it's a 10-minute quick assessment on um, learning more about your values, and that sometimes helps people become better salespeople as well. Um, so thank you for letting me share that, Paul. And I wanted to um, give just a quick bit of information about um, on September 14th in Terrytown at the Doubletree, we have an event coming up. It's called it's a half-day event from 9 a.m. to 1. It's free. Free is good. And it's called Awaken wow. Your Holistic Business. So, I mean, it's basically geared towards holistic business owners, but I think it would be really um, applicable for anybody if they want to join us. And it's really going to be for um, to talk about how to grow your business and get more clients. Um, some of it will be self-related like we talked about today. But it will really be talking about how to earn money, that you, more money that you deserve. A lot of people in the holistic business really are afraid to ask for the sale and don't think they deserve to be paid well, and, and, they, and they have a gift, they do. And it's just some techniques and tips about working smarter, not harder, and, and really taking your business from considering it to be a hobbyist to a, a true, holistic, profitable business. Um, we're even going to have something exciting, and we're going to be able to um, have a few people that attend get some hot seat coaching about their specific issues and problems. So there will be a great opportunity for that. And, again, you can email me at my email address to Kathy at winatbusinesscoaching.com, and I can give you the information and send you out um, a registration for that. So. Any questions is, on is that, Paul? It, I'd be glad to clarify. Yeah, I want to just mention a couple of things. Is is the information about the uh, class on your website? No, it's not on my website, but if they email okay. me, I have a registration form and a, and a de- and more detailed sheet on that. Okay. By the way, this is an unbelievable offer. People could You could spend easily $500 for a class like this. And Kathy told me before we went on the air, they... You know, it's like standing room only. <laughs> yeah. yeah such, it was such a response to this thing. So, I mean, you're crazy if you have a small business. I mean, I couldn't believe, honestly, that uh, Kathy and Paula, uh, and I know Paula longer than Kathy, but Kathy obviously knows her sell, selling and her business, and, and Paula has been around uh, this industry. She is the guru of uh, of how to grow this type of uh, of business, very successful, and that they're offering uh, four hours at a time for free. You're crazy if you miss it, I'll tell you right now. I'm going to go. i got to see it myself. <laughs> Paul, you know, I have and I've been in this business Paul. a long yeah. time, but yeah. it's fantastic. So don't miss it, people. Trust me. You'll you'll uh, kick yourself. So, all right, thank excellent. You, so, so thank you, uh, Kathy. D'Agostino for uh, being my guest and thank you everyone for listening we'll be back next week at 4 o'clock same uh, station on Blog Talk Radio you're listening to Getting on Top on Blog Talk Radio I'm your host Paul Morris and uh, I'm going to let you go out with uh, Peter Tazone singing Freight Train Freddy if people would like to find out more about that book it's a great children's book Ages, people always ask that. You know what? It's rhyming. You can read it to a little tot and they'll enjoy it because rhymes sound very nice. But particularly maybe 6 to 12, but any age, even adults could enjoy it, the beautiful pictures. FTFcreations.com. FTF is in Freight Train Freddy. Creations.com. And we'll go out with uh, Peter Tazone. Thank you, Kathy. Talk to Thanks, you soon. Thanks, Paul, very much. Mm-hmm.
He was up each morning with the dawn because he knew his daily run was long and hard and he had to be ready to get his freight train down the track. Determination he would never lack the little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy. Everybody was his friend and they all helped him to the end To keep those freight cars rolling along steady He never knew what to expect and was very careful not to wreck The little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy The little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy.